0: We're back I'm Gervier Brahm here with Jamal Karsandu and we're screen off script this week we're getting into King Richard and reflecting on all the major movie and TV news of the week folks it's showtime what's going on everybody okay
1: they got a call said there was trouble in the house
0: oh, okay yeah okay well uh, you all need to look around it's a little wet for practice don't you think don't the girls have schoolwork to do they do their homework, Tundi's first in her
1: class, Lynn and Isha are too.
0: Now I don't even mind you saying we hard on these kids, you know why? Cause we are. That's our job, to keep them off these streets. You wanna check on the kids? Let's check on the kids. We got future doctors, and lawyers, plus a couple tennis stars in this house. The chances are- All right, are in our first segment, else. we're talking about spoilers for King Richard. If you wanna skip around, we got timestamps in the description and don't forget to subscribe. But maybe one of the most anticipated movies we had this year, I think. I think yeah. you're most anticipated this movie as far as I remember.
1: Yeah, I just remember seeing the trailer for King Richard and I'm like, wow, okay, Will Smith is putting in some work here. This seems like another attempt at him to try and get that Oscar. He's obviously got himself into a situation where he's got <clears> the, <throat> the rights to a, a compelling story. The, tra- again, the trailer looked fantastic. And I was always really excited about watching this movie.
0: The and crazy thing is, I remember we were recording the Will Smith retrospective mm. of his entire career, yeah. and this was one of the things I listened to back to today. Was the the biggest thing that we were like, well, we've been he's been on this run. That's been really inconsistent. Nothing really that's been a consistent W for a minute. And then this was the one where it felt like, okay, if he's going to do it, this has got to be the one that he actually does it with.
1: Yeah, I remember when Bad Boys for Life came out, and it was just before things started to shut down again. And it was kind of released in January or February of 2019. Or sorry, 2020, rather. And I thought, okay, he's going back to a franchise. He's going back to something he's familiar with is this what he's using as a catalyst to go on to again you know have the big blockbuster but at the same time do some you know really you know get involved in some meaty projects and get involved in, in in films that is going to push him as an actor and then here we are what 18 months later king richard is here my word, what an incredible movie, what a performance. I genuinely cannot wait to discuss this with you.
0: Yeah, it's just funny because with the, with, with the industry, you always hear about it's always one for me and one for them, right? Right? This time, Will's been doing 12 for them, and now he finally has that one for him. Because this has been like something I've been so excited to talk about, just because it's, it's it's so incredible.
1: Yeah, and talking about one for him, like he's producing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's not just obviously acting in it, but he's producing this, he's got venus and serena williams on as executive producers yep. so it doesn't get much more personal than that when yeah, you're working yeah. With the daughters of the of the guy that you're trying to portray and tell the story in this movie
0: and even just like prefacing it like you look at a guy like will smith and like the biggest thing that's always surrounding him these days is some sort of scandal involving his family right so you know his family is such a valuable part of who he is as a person and to see him take on a project like this it's like oh this just makes all the sense in the world because yeah. all the stars basically have aligned to finally come down to him playing this role
1: I was also looking at his Wikipedia page and I just realised he's only 53 like if you think about other actors from his generation like Leo, he's in his 50s you've got Tom Cruise who's in his 50s it's like Will Smith is kind of like as an actor is still very much in his prime because yes he's not going to be playing like the young bachelor you know leading an action blockbuster like he did back in the day with men in black independence day and and, you know um, bad boys and things of that nature but he's at a stage of his life where he can play the dad and he can perhaps start to get involved in some roles that are gonna push him at this current age don't forget De Niro and Pacino some of their best work was when they were in their 50s
0: right I think the big difference is, like, a guy like, let's say, Leo, you know, he started popping in, like, the late 90s, really, and then after that, it was, like, off to the races, but a guy like Will, like, he's been successful since I was alive, right, like, he started rapping when he was a teenager, and then ever since then, he's been in the spotlight, so he yeah. never left, Yeah. right, so it's, it's like, almost like a, it's a, almost like a cra- crazier run, because nobody else really has to deal with fame and all that kind of stuff when they're like 18 right. and then start a show when they're like 20 yeah. and all that kind of stuff it's just he has like a way longer run and a way more interesting run and to the point where yes he had a huge dip but it finally feels like we're back
1: yeah and, and like talking about his run like he's into his fourth decade as yeah. an entertainer in some regard whether it's music TV or movies and the fact that he's still competing you know yes you know in in recent years and in fact when you look at the last decade it hasn't been his best work, mm. but the fact that he's still able to to pull off something like this, and again, we're going to get into it in a lot more detail. Um, you got to just take your hat off to him, and you know he's not going away. He's not, you know, riding off in the sunset anytime soon. And, and if this is any indication of perhaps what's to come in the next ten years, I think it's time to be really excited about Will Smith again.
0: Yeah, but yeah, let's get into it. I the first thing that, I'm not going to lie to you, okay. The first thought I had in the first like ten seconds of seeing Will Smith. It reminded me of that episode of Fresh Prince where him and Carlton are fighting and then he glues his head. Like his hands to his head and then right. they they flash back to them being old men and they're like yelling at each other. Right. He wants to go there, huh? You know what? I'm sick of this. Let's go let's go right now for a second i was like oh it's just gonna be that for two hours (laughs) and it was great like right off the top like yeah like it's just it's this is the role i think like he was born for like this is actually like as much as you love ali as much as you love obviously like fresh prince and stuff like that but like this feels like the serious role that he was made for like
1: this is it this is the thing i think when when you watch a Will Smith Will Smith movie, it's always hard to get past the actor mm-hmm. and buy into the character. Absolutely. You're, you're like, that's Will Smith. Yes, yes, right? yes. Right? And and even this movie, like it takes a little while for you to kind of see past Hey, that's Will Smith, and kind of really buy into that's Richard Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think after like the first five to 10, 15 minutes, you're like, Alright, I'm on this journey with you. Yes. Yeah. And and I'm and I'm and like you know, his performances, his mannerisms, um and of course, you know, he's at an age where he can play uh, an an age-appropriate Richard Williams, you know, who was in his, I guess, 40s and 50s when he was raising his kids. So it all kind of works together really, really well.
0: Yeah, it's funny that you mention that because it does feel like sometimes when you're watching a Will Smith movie, like when you're watching I Am Legend, you're like, all right, cool, this is Will Smith doing his serious stuff. And then when you watch Bad Boys, you're like, all right, cool, this is Will Smith doing his... I'm cool, but my comedy stuff. Right. Like, he has, like... It's always the same him, but he's just wearing a different outfit. Yeah. This one, it finally felt like he fell into the role to such a degree that you just... After a while, you just forgot it was Will. Yeah. Right? And that's all you want from an actor at the end of the day. And, again, like, let's get into it. But, like, this is just... There's so much to love about this movie and love about this performance. First off, like, what's your... Like, are you a tennis fan, by the way?
1: So, yeah. So, I'm kind of glad we're talking about tennis to start off with because I I guess... Yes, I am a tennis fan. I don't have the opportunity to watch as much tennis these days as I did growing up. But growing up in the UK, you always watch Wimbledon. It, Wimbledon used to dominate the, the TV screens. It was BBC One, BBC Two. It was always on the news. And for a month every year during the summer, it you know everyone would always be kind of, I guess, mesmerized by the, the, the matches that we had because it is the most prestigious tournament in all of tennis. And it's taking place in London. It's yeah. taking place in the UK. So it's a really, really big deal. I didn't perhaps watch some of the other major Grand Slams as often. Like I'd watch the US Open here and there, the French Open here and there, uh, maybe the Australian Open. But Wimbledon, 100% every year would watch. And it is obviously the tournament that every single player wants to win more than any anything else. And so I'm very familiar with all of the players over the last 30 years, from your Agassiz, your Sampras, your your Steffi Graf's to, you know, Tim Henman, Greg Rozeski from the UK contingent, and obviously you had Venus and Serena Williams, completely well aware of Djokovic and Nadal and Federer and and that group of guys that have gone on their run. But, yeah, I literally watched Venus and Serena Williams win Wimbledon, have dramatic highs and lows in that tournament. So that was nothing that was unfamiliar to me watching this movie.
0: It's kind of crazy because, like, for, for... This th- this whole experience of watching this movie, number one, like the tennis is presented so tremendously, mm-hmm. right? It's the same way like chess was presented in Queens Gambit, and we like absolutely love that. I have zero experience with uh, tennis at all. My biggest experience with tennis is Mario Tennis. Right, right? that's as far <laughs> as it goes. But this was like it captured it to be so tense, and the stakes felt so high in the moment, and, and it was just incredible to see how much tennis really means to uh, people. But the, on top of that, the crazier part is that. We're watching this movie about Serena Williams, arguably the greatest tennis player of all time, and then her sister, who's, like, right up there as well. And the whole movie is based around their father. Right. So it's, all, it's kind of crazy that they're the afterthought in this kind of situation. Well, maybe, maybe that was the intention. Absolutely, yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. But, like, that's... It's just interesting that that's the avenue that they chose to tell the Venus and Serena Williams story from.
1: Well, I actually think that there's a window open here because right now in this movie, you've essentially got... I mean, the movie picks up... From them being, you know, um, young girls, and Richard Williams starting to kind of train them and coach them, and trying to get them into the system, and the movie essentially ends with Venus Williams turning which is like, pro and which having is like her, fourteen, <laughs> where, and having her her first, you know, two pro matches. That's the window of yeah. this movie. There is still plenty of opportunity, and I think we're going to get it at some point down the road yeah, yeah, where yeah. we do get the full-on Venus and Serena Williams story because that is a, an incredible story and an emotional story in of itself. Yeah. To try and cram that into a, you know, what is already a pretty long movie in two and a half hours, I think they did the right thing here. And I think, based upon, hopefully, the success of this movie, there'll be enough fallout and reaction and desire to see more of this family story told moving forward
0: it's funny because this is like the first biopic i can remember where i want a sequel
1: yeah me too right like i
0: want the williams cinematic universe right like i I want to like you can build a whole film franchise again around this family yeah there's so much to really understand like you i view this movie through the lens of knowing that these are true massively prolific tennis players coats right like and and that's the way you're watching this movie, but we're learning so much more. Yeah. And I think the way, the way this movie wins is it's not just like, you know, whether they win and lose in tennis. It's purely about look how connected this family is and look at their home life. Because that's really what this movie is in, almost entirely about. Right. How how they have a relationship with their kids and how the, the kids have a relationship with their parents. And just seeing all the in-between stuff, them traveling, just being a family. Like, that's the beautiful stuff that you end up enjoying the most.
1: Where they come from. Yeah. And, you know, the, the trials and tribulations of where they come from. Yeah. You know, What's in
0: the water in Compton? Because yeah. Well, how is it producing not only, like... Obviously, like there's so much rap history that comes out of there. There's so many actors that have come out of there, and these goats from tennis history yeah. are coming out of there as well. What the hell's happening in Compton? It's to an, produce these
1: people. It's an incredible thing, I guess. Where you know, sometimes when people come from, um, not, you know, below the poverty line, maybe not so below the poverty line uh, in Compton, but definitely a part of the world where there's lots of struggle that, in of itself, outside of what your school life is like and what your parents want you to be and how much income you have, that in of itself is enough to drive someone potentially down a, a path and a lane where they want to obviously work as hard as they can to get out of that situation, or it can send you down a different path where you'll you know take the the the, the street life and to see you know so many people both in entertainment and in sports. Um, come out of, of Compton over the last what 20 25 30 years and have not just a Mediocre success like you said we're talking absolute goats We're talking one of th- some of the greatest of all time in their respective fields of work have come out of Compton It's it's a
0: wild thing yeah. to see like and, and again There's so many avenues where that happens But again even this movie it portrays that in such a light that like it's not just oh look They came from Compton and look at these like, there's these Gangsters that are beating up Richard right yeah. and it's not just that. They did a great job of portraying those guys outside, being these villains, basically, and being like, oh, man, these people suck. Right. Right? But on the other side, you... It's actually... Later on, we're going to see, like, well, we'll talk about, like, the, the kind of scenes that happen with, within the community and all that kind of stuff. But you also see the other side, the other gangbangers that were basically just the good ones and the bad ones, right? Like, they're showing how people from the same place can really be different sources of either trouble for on one side, but support for your community on the other yeah seeing how like these these other gangbangers later on were literally being as supportive as possible seeing the work that this family was putting in to try to like make the most of their situation and then seeing how they were supporting them from a distance in any way that they could yeah that was a beautiful thing too because you get to see both sides of the community yeah
1: and who knows how extensive those kind of experiences were we only get i guess a snapshot of that in the movie and again it kind of goes back to why this is just the richard williams story and again maybe we'll see more of that you know in the serena and venus williams story in terms of what do they go through from their perspective spe- yeah. specifically you perspective
0: know? is like an interesting thing too because again just looking at these these two girls and seeing what they went through in like just having a dad that would push them this hard yeah obviously it's glamorized in this movie like quite a bit like you see how hard they work but it is also from, like, almost, like, a positive perspective, like, overworking your kids can be okay. Right. But, like, you also get it from, like, this weird perspective where you see, like, their neighbor calling the cops on them. Yeah. Uh, and just being like, hey, they're abusing their kids, basically. And you see it from that perspective, and it's weird because if, if you told somebody this entire story from a third-party perspective, I'm sure you'd be like, man, nah, he's overworking those kids. You should be careful. But then when you watch it through this movie, you're like, that lady needs to mind her goddamn business. Right. <laughs> right?
1: And that, that's one of the... Actually, I'm kind of glad that you raised that because, you know, while this movie does a really great job of kind of telling the Richard Williams story and kind of, I guess, yes, you, you mentioned the word glamorized, but also kind of, like, showcase him, in a and for the most part in a very positive light in terms of how he helped his family get out of the situation, how pivotal he was in, in his daughters and his, and his kids' lives in terms of trying to get them to achieve greatness. We get these, you know... One-off scenes here and there, where, like you mentioned, okay, a neighbour is calling Child Protective Services. Why? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, yes, the movie kind of makes it out as if nothing bad is happening in the, in the household, but we don't know what the reality of the situation was. And This kind of goes back to Will Smith and the Williams sisters being producers, we are getting told this story through their their lens through their vision yes like for example if i was to tell my story on the big screen my parents whooped me when i was a kid <laughs> i may leave that part out if i'm sure, b- portraying my parents sure. in a movie right absolutely and then there's also I feel
0: like uh, a lot of movies these days aren't going to show that part exactly of up, and i feel like that was very prevalent growing up uh,
1: exactly so you're not being 100 percent honest in that regard right Then yeah. there's also a scene kind of later on in the in the in the movie around about the third act where there's a scene between Richard and his wife in the kitchen where all of a sudden we find out he's a womanizer. He's got this uh, son outside of the marriage and it's just touched upon in that one isolated scene and we don't hear any more of it. And again, that was a decision that the producer and the filmmakers and the scriptwriter writers made but through the lens of what Serena and Venus and Will Smith wanted to get portrayed in this movie. Again, it's touched upon, so it could have almost Checks the bar- uh, box but it's not elaborate, elaborated on any further because then it pivots right back to Richard Williams, the kids, and trying to get them to the status of becoming professional tennis players.
0: Yeah, if this movie is like a massive success, I'm sure we're gonna get a dark side of growing up as the Williams sisters. Right? Sure. Like I'm sure there's a there's a side that we don't see that uh, of like the the negative aspects of growing up under like such a difficult way to live. And at the end of the day, like tennis is like a really cutthroat competitive field to kind of go in right like yep. it's not like an easy thing like obviously they show it in this way but even from my personal experience when I was working uh at Best Buy growing up I had a manager who was telling me like he's like I take my daughter to tennis practice every single morning we practice every single night They I had somebody who like in my real life was dealing with this and he's like she's already eight if she's not this good we're just gonna stop that's that's wild he knew at that point like that it's just that's how crazy this world of tennis is.
1: And that's that's a whole different conversation to have on its own. It's like how parents want to, you know, put their kids down a certain path and take them through the, the, the sports lane where they want to, you know, get them involved in football or tennis or swimming or whatever the case may be. And something that the movie drills home a lot through Richard Williams is he wants his kids to have fun. Yeah, yeah. He wants his kids to be kids. And not, you know, you know w- although on the one side he's saying you're going to be the greatest of all time, you're going to be the best player in the world, you're be number one. At the same time, he says, "Let them be kids," and I think sometimes parents, you know, um, miss that. It's just that they're so, like, I guess, hard on their parent on their kids, trying to achieve a certain level of success at a certain age. Yeah. Whereas, like, just let them have fun, let them pick what they want to do, and let them enjoy it. And if they end up being something, you know, if it ends up being a passion of theirs, where they want to become the greatest of all time or turn professional, great, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. But it's almost like uh, it's it's a it's a bizarre thing when I hear parents try and do that with the kids I'm like hmm what's the real motivation here what's the real incentive here like? we
0: have like rose colored glasses when we're looking at this movie but on the other side when you look at like LeVar Ball right now people make fun of him so much right. just for what he did and obviously now he's getting his roses a little bit you see the success of Lamelo and Lonzo yeah. the, but the crazy thing is like a few years ago everyone's just shitting on this dude for trying to work really hard but I'm sure he was doing the same stuff, like you they had a reality show and there are real world captured moments of like their weird contentious relationship as well. So it's, it's all not just like roses and I'm yeah. sure that stuff's gonna come out one day. Yeah. Let's get into Will Smith as Richard Williams. I'm very confident. You say it so easily, why? Because I believe it
1: but you haven't played a match in almost three years. All right,
0: uh, ho- hold it right there, if you don't mind. Let me tell you who I Richard, we're doing an interview. What, what she had said, she said it was so much confidence to FaceTime, but you keep going on and on. But you can't just keep interrupting for What to you got out. to understand is you're dealing with the image of a 14-year-old child. And this child gonna be playing when your old ass and me gonna be in the grave. When she had said something, we done told you what's happening. You're dealing with a little black kid let her be a kid now she done answered it with a lot of confidence leave that alone first off i just want to talk about like what did you think of his actual performance all the acclaim that he's getting right now right. do you think it's all worth i do
1: i genuinely feel like this is one of his best performances only time will tell if this is his all-time best performance it's we're in award season and i would be absolutely shocked if he doesn't get an oscar nomination for this performance Will, will it be good enough for him to win is a whole different conversation it's yeah. a whole different topic and a whole different debate because we don't know what are the performances we're gonna see over the coming month or so yeah, yeah and we'll see what the final nomination list looks like and who will is going to be stacking up against we've obviously we can go down the the, the history of the of the Oscars of the last 30 40 years and see who got snubbed and sometimes who perhaps just Put on an all-timer, but it ended up being against another all-timer, right?
0: So there's so much luck involved. You never know as well as just, like, the Oscars are such a weirdly politicized award show, right? Like, just thinking back at somebody who was snubbed, like, look at what Mickey Rourke did as the wrestler. And he gets snubbed because Jeff Bridges should get his lifetime achievement award version of getting best actor. Right. You know what I mean? Like when he won, is that the best performance? Is that a better performance to make you work? I'm not I don't think so personally. Sure. But at the same time it's like, yeah, well, you're not always gonna give it to the right guy. And in in this kind of situation, do I think Will Smith probably is deserving of a best actor nomination? Absolutely. Is he gonna win? Again, it's purely based on what the landscape is at that time. Exactly. We have no clue what it's gonna look like. There's a lot
1: of good movies coming up that we're super excited about. Yeah. Which I anticipate are going to generate a lot of like incredible performances that we're going to probably have to start talking about and debating you know was that better than will smith in king richard or was that actually better than what will smith did but for for the time for the time being for right now like i said i think will smith in this movie an all-timer fantastic performance it definitely hit all the right notes for me
0: i think he's at the bar i he, think as far as best like best actor goes as everything i've seen this year I, I think he should win right now he's a
1: he's front runner right he is now. my front
0: runner right now yeah. absolutely if anybody does better than him they're gonna put on an all timer performance as well yeah I think this is actually wills best performance yeah I think it's the best thing he's ever done way more so than Ali way more so than anything else he's ever been in I, it, this is the best thing he's ever done it's finally the first time like I mentioned before that it, he finally melted into a role where I really believed that this is the guy who's actually portraying I'm not looking at Will Smith
1: and honestly this is what I want to see from Will moving yeah, forward. Yeah,
0: this is what I, I love it. At the end of the day, this is a guy we've seen grow up, and you've seen him take a bunch of L's lately. I love seeing him win.
1: I'm good with Will Smith trying to headline the summer blockbuster or take a sci-fi short novelization and you know, turn that into something like he did with Gemini Man. Mm-hmm. Like Move that to the side and start finding projects with really meaty roles because when you're on... You're on and you can definitely deliver the goods and put on performances like he did in this movie.
0: Yeah, and, and taking on a role like this, such an eccentric character. Yeah. Right? Richard Williams, man, I knew nothing about this dude beforehand. Like obviously you've heard like a few stories here and there, but I've never watched interviews of his and sat down and like you know, paid attention to his story. His ambition, number one, is something like you gotta like look at it and admire. Yeah. And you gotta love his hustle. You gotta love the way he like teaches his kids, like through visualization and preparation all that kind of stuff but the biggest thing is i i took away is that it, they made richard williams come across that he has balls that guy especially in like that negotiation scene towards the end pretty much any negotiation scene in this entire movie you just realize that this guy's got balls he's got a plan he's sticking to it and you just the grandest way of something paying off happens in this movie
1: So it's funny that you had no idea or relationship with him prior to the movie. I used to see him all the time when Serena and Venus would play in Wimbledon.
0: I never watched tennis, right? Like This was all new to me.
1: So I was really familiar with him and and I'd seen plenty of interviews. And literally within 10, 15 minutes, I'm like, yeah, Will Smith has absolutely nailed it. His mannerisms, the way he talks. And if anybody wasn't familiar with Richard Williams... During the, the credit sequence at yeah. the end, you actually get to see the real-life footage. And when you when you just spent two and a half, spent two and a half hours watching Will Smith do what he's done, and then you see the real-life
0: Richard Williams, it's like, yeah, you've nailed it. It's, a, it's an absolute bang-on perfect performance there. Yeah, I love, on the other side of that, is I love how protective he is of his daughters. Yeah. And I think the reason why I love that so much is because again it's that extra layer of like knowing Will Smith you're like oh look at what he like how much he cares about his daughter Willow and how much he cares about his son Jaden and it's like you know all he's done for them and he's like basically sacrificed certain parts of his acting career just to like maybe even give them a little bit of an extra push yeah and over here you see like the payoff of that like we're seeing like even at the end of the day the way like he teaches her to handle a loss it's not it's not just to make her have to get better and win and all that kind of stuff he wants to give her back her confidence, like right. he wants to give her back her sense of self-worth. That's beyond the sport, right? And it's—I think that is something that translates through Will Smith's like being. You know what I mean? Who he is as a person—that fully translates in that moment. And I think that's the strongest part of that entire performance.
1: And, and it's a good point that you raised because not only is this a fantastic biopic, I think this is a fantastic sports movie. Yeah. You know, it really kind of like you know rides the line of being both and you can view this through the lens of being you know an inspirational sports movie a young prodigies going to the trials of the tribulations of becoming absolutely great at the same time it's also a biopic of an individual of richard williams what he went through and what he did for his family what he did for his kids so yeah i think yeah it rides the line perfectly in
0: both sides 100 percent. we should definitely mention that everybody else in this movie absolutely kills Liz oh well. yes right brandy williams Ingenue, uh ellis she absolutely crushes it yep. as brandy williams she's fantastic uh, there's a scene I'm going to talk about in a little bit where they're basically just talking about the sacrifices that they had to make growing up and raising these kids. And you can just see, like, she is right up there matching the level of performance that Will is making. Mm-hmm. And the same thing you see with Sanaya Sydney playing Venus Williams. She is the second MVP for me. Like, it, it, as far as, like, rising stars go, like, throw her on that contender list because she is absolutely nailing it. She is such a great Venus. And I, I really like just knowing like my third party information. I expected Serena to play more of a role in this movie, right? But I'm almost glad that she didn't because again, it leads, leads more for the future if when we get that at some point.
1: I can see that because again, you know, looking at recency bias, you think of Serena Williams as the, the greatest of all time. Yeah, you know, she's won all these titles, she's had a much more better and prolific career than her sister Venus. Venus obviously opened the door yeah. but when Serena came through she just kicked that door down big yeah, time, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Changed the game for not just women's tennis but tennis period. And, and yeah, that's why I'm kind of happy that there is still plenty of room. Like, you could almost even just tell a Venus Williams story and a Serena Williams story separately if you wanted to. But to do that together post king richard which is now obviously you know doing so well getting critical acclaim it's doing well commercially I, I feel like you know the fact that they're already producing this movie i'm sure they're working on something for them down the road as well
0: 100 and again Sonia sydney absolutely crushed it the the daughters again are so well cast the, the biggest win I can see as far as performance goes for sonia Sidney when she finally wins in that first pro match and she goes back to the washroom and you see her just looking in the mirror and like she has that giddy innocence. Yep. like That's just like, okay, cool. You, you absolutely nailed it in that exact situation. And again, it's just viewing these characters that we know are like these prolific athletes from like the innocence of their childhood. It's is pretty incredible.
1: I thought in general, casting was absolutely on point here. John Berthnall
0: as Rick Macy I thought was fantastic. I think that is like... Uh, such an understatement because he absolutely. I think this is, might be his best role as well. Like beyond like being well known as the Punisher, I think this might be his best performance as an actor so far.
1: Let's not be surprised if he gets nominated for a best supporting actor 100%. at the at the
0: Oscars. Yeah, absolutely deserves it. I actually wrote that down as well. Best supporting actor nomination should be in this guy's bag 100%. Uh, not only that, but again, I get to say it every single time. I don't know why he's not so, like a bigger deal. This guy's so versatile. Yeah. He's so talented. But for some reason, like, you just never see him in, like, a prominent role.
1: Right. Yeah, he, he obviously played a big role in Wolf of Wall Street. You know, he, he obviously was the... the punisher. Punisher. He's, he's, he always pops up. He was bloody hell... He was in the first season of Walking Dead. Yeah. He was like a, a big character in the first like season or two. I remember when I was first watching watching The Walking Dead, I'm like, yeah, he's fantastic. And then they eventually
0: kill him off. Even just two months ago, he was in The Many Saints of Newark and just he's yeah, fantastic he's in, Many in that Saints as of Newark. well. He's a fantastic actor. A scene I definitely just want to point out that was incredible for no performance reason, purely for the joke, was when they're walking into that uh, the tennis scene in Compton right, and then all of a sudden those the nice gangbangers basically walked in they're like <laughs> oh, whoa yes. whoa what are you doing here he's like he's just white he's just white it's <laughs> fine <laughs> but uh, yeah incredible performances as far as like pretty much across the board that's yep. like the biggest strength of this entire movie but there's so much that I leave with mm-hmm. from having watched this movie like Obviously, the burden that minority players, minority actors, so many of them, like they basically have to carry this burden. It's so magnified in this movie. Like, you're a young black woman. That's said so many times. Like, the weight that she's carrying on her shoulders is captured so well in this movie, especially in the end when she loses but still has admiration from her her community and everybody else that's watching her. Right. You just see, like, how much that these people have to go through. It's unfortunate. It's just not normalized to that point, even you can now. have any one of these houses you want. Beverly Hills, Hollywood Hills, any of these old hills. Because you got a plan and you're going to stick to it. As a little boy my mom used to say, son, the most strongest, the most powerful, the most dangerous creature on this whole earth. It's a woman who know how to thank Ain't nothing she can't do. Y'all know how to think? Yes, daddy. Let's get into our categories now. Gentlemen, who's the best character in this movie? I think that's pretty straightforward. Easy one for me. It's Will Smith <laughs> as King so. Richard. I think that's uh, pretty straightforward. we don't have to talk more about that. What about best scene? I feel this one's tough.
1: This is tough because honestly, there are a lot of good scenes. Yeah. And that's why this was a tough category. But for me, I've decided to choose when Richard is on the cusp of shooting the guy that pistol whipped him. And, and that guy happens to die right in front of him by a drive-by shooting. Yes. And for me, that is a, a massive what-if sliding doors moment. Yes. And obviously, God knows what happened in, in reality and how much of that is played up in this movie, how much of that is as close to reality as possible. But like, what if Richard pulls the trigger? What if he goes to jail? Do we still get Venus and Serena Williams? So for me, of all the various amazing scenes in this movie, that one is the one that kind of hit me, hit home the most for me.
0: I actually, that was one of the scenes that I wanted to talk about as well, but you actually captured it really, really great. For me, there was a few different scenes that I actually ended up going with. First, I was like, the best scene is when they're basically arguing with each other about Richard quitting, like leaving his other kids, how you mentioned before, how his wife stayed with their kids.
1: I fixed Serena serve, because you messed that up. You did what? Yes, I fixed that toss because you messed it up. Mm-hmm. I'm here. I've been here, dreaming and believing, just like you. Mm-hmm. You just don't want to see me.
0: So, uh, what you want? What you want? You, you want a thank you? <laughs> That's all right,
1: Richard. That's all right. I don't need your thank you. Unlike you, I don't need the world to tell
0: me. It's a stellar I'm right. performance. At that point, I was like, okay, cool. This is the best scene. They just spent. Two minutes having this incredible dialogue so heartfelt so honest and then the next scene right after that is basically just him telling his daughter telling venus that story about how uh, when he was a kid and you, you you weren't allowed to touch white hands right and just the idea that like his dad basically ran away from him when he should have been there to help him and that basically was like the motivation for richard to be that much of a presence in his children's lives right it, obviously in this incarnation of his family unfortunately but just showing like talking about how she's representing all these little black girls and all that kind of stuff it was such a powerful scene and just showed again where his thought process was coming from and basically the weight that she's carrying going forward it was mm-hmm. like a very it was basically like a thesis of the entire movie right yeah. then and there in that one scene I think that was the best one for me uh, what about star rating wise 5 being the greatest movie ever seen 0 being the worst where is this a note
1: listen this movie when the trailer dropped I was hyped for it It lived up to expectations. It's one of my favourite movies I've seen this year. It's one of my favourite Will Smith performances and it's now become one of my favourite Will Smith movies. I love a good movie when it's about uh, when it's a biopic when it's a sports documentary. This is both 4.5 for
0: me. I went with 4.5 as well. This is going to be like a massively watchable movie for me. I can see myself watching it over and over. I can imagine parents loving this movie families loving this movie athletes loving this movie everyone is going to like, everyone that watches it, I think, is going to walk away with a great impression Yeah, for the most part. I think this is also a new addition to the best sports movies ever conversation, right? Like up there with pretty much anything I can think of. Yeah. Uh, I think this is going to end up there. But again, 4.5, incredible movie. Now, let's get into something a little bit different. We haven't really got a chance to talk about the new addition to the MCU lately. We just had Hawkeye come out with two episodes last week, one episode this week, so... Three episodes have happened so far, and we haven't got a chance to talk about it yet. I know, it's crazy. I think we should get around to it. Let's talk about Hawkeye.
1: Hawkeye and I are working on a case, uh, and we needed to use the bathroom. He heat- reheated so we were by the house and we dropped in.
0: No big deal. Working on a it's case together? Uh, first off, it takes place two years after Avengers Endgame. We're following not only Hawkeye, but now they've introduced this new character with Kate Bishop. And I always thought that it was going to be his daughter that they mentored. To be in this kind of situation Before like you know I'm not as familiar with Kate Bishop as a character I thought I don't really feel like I'm familiar with Any of these characters in this show Right So much of this is Has been swept under the rug for me as a fan Right And it's interesting to walk into this show now With basically I would like to think like a An open mind And like I'm willing to learn about these characters Yeah And It always felt like this was going to be a Christmas story And it was going to be a smaller scale story and what did you end up thinking after watching these first three episodes?
1: Pretty much that, if I'm being honest with you, like Hawkeye has never been any, you know, my favorite comic book hero character or, yeah. or comic book character. Um, it's not a character that I was kind of ever deeply uh, emotionally involved with or kind of like invested in when he was involved in the Avengers I'm like alright cool for me it always kind of goes back to he's got a bow and arrow like like, I get it when these comic books were being made like 50 years ago but like how do you modernise him and they've kind of given him all these cool arrows and cool gadgets and that kind of they kind of made it work in in a way now I thought the same thing as you I thought it was going to be the story about his door and it's not and for me three episodes in these are my main takeaways this is a passing of a baton from Jeremy Renner to Haley Steinfeld, she is going to be the new Hawkeye moving forward, and they kind of plant those seeds in the very first episode in terms of what she goes through—the tragedy of seeing her parents, uh, well, her father pass away—the the attack of New York. So I'm happy with that. I'm cool with that. Like if Jeremy Renner is going to hang up his bow and arrow after this season is wrapped up, and and, and Kate Bishop is going to be the new Hawkeye moving forward. Cool, I get it. You have to move on at some point with all of these characters because you can't sign them for fifty picture deals or anything like that. Number two, I love the fact that it's a Christmas story. Yeah, we're, we're watching it during Christmas time now. I think that's a really good move on their part to have this all set
0: during Absolutely. Christmas. Absolutely. So I, a really, huge hook, like a huge reason why I'm watching this show yeah. is the fact that it's a Christmas show and it's December. Exactly. And the final thing
1: for me is the fact that this, you know, this this show and this series is delving into that kind of time lapse where we didn't see what happened in its full form of Clint becoming the Ronin. You know, we saw a glimpse of it in in, in Endgame and how he had to come back and, and, and help the guys finish the job. But there was a period of time there, like five years, during the blip, where he was going around the world, killing people with the sword. And, you know, I think what this story has started to do so far is kind of showcase the enemies he made and the the, the fallout from all of the, the destruction and the murders and, and the killings and things that he did during that period and that part of his past is coming back to haunt him now. So those are three kind of main takeaways for me. And but moreover than that, I think it's just a, a you know, one of those watchable shows. It's not gonna be, I think, a series that I'll rewatch again next year or anything yeah. like that. It's not a show that I think has the Epic ramifications say of a, a division on phase four or anything like that, but I think it's going to serve its purpose, it's going to retire one character, introduce another character, and I've got no problem with that.
0: It's a fun show. Haley Steinfeld is massively likable. Mm. I think in the long run, you're right, when she does take up that mantle as Hawkeye. Hawkeye's finally gonna have some sort of prominence as a character, right? Like, the impact that Jeremy Renner had on the character is pretty low, if we're actually being honest. It's just not... Like, I mean, you know, they talk about it on these shows. Like, they have that whole meta-conversation about how Hawkeye just isn't as popular as the other Avengers. It's known in the show. It's it's canon, right?
1: Your problem is branding.
0: No, my problem is you. you in this ninja suit, and that people are trying to kill you because of this ninja suit. The whole thing's a problem I'm going to solve today. So I can go home to my family. No, it's branding. At the end of the day, I feel like somebody like her, she's going to be a very important person going forward within this franchise. And uh, I will talk about it a little bit later, but I feel like she has a future much beyond this show.
1: I actually made a, I made a, a big note on this. I'm really enjoying Haley Steinfeld's performance. Yeah. I think
0: it's exactly
1: what Disney and Marvel were looking for. And I think she hits all the, the right notes in the three episodes that I've seen so
0: far. Absolutely, especially considering it is a Christmas show and I like that about it. they nail the tone of the show both of them right like they really do have a pretty solid chemistry between them and my only thing is i just don't feel like i'm watching anything important Mm. that is my biggest takeaway i'm not massively interested in the show because i know it just feels like it belongs in the canon of those like netflix marvel shows right right like daredevil and etc like that's what it feels like to me where as much as he is a part of the Avengers, it doesn't feel like it's a part of the Avengers, if that makes any sense. I
1: know this is like a, a six-episode series, but I'm like, this could have been four episodes, and I would have been absolutely fine with
0: that. But if you ask me, this could have been a two-hour Christmas special. Yeah. And I would have been massively happy about that. If this was just a one-off, you throw on Disney+, Plus, everyone wins, yeah. and you get to introduce all your characters. This story obviously doesn't need to be massively uh, expanded on. Yeah. I think it's pretty straightforward. I think it could have been two hours... Everybody would have been happy. Everybody would have walked away feeling pretty great, uh, having known that this was a Christmas special. A lot of takeaways I also have is that, number one, the very first scene that you see, it's, what, Vera Farmiga and who looks like a young Martin Scorsese just sitting there as her parents, and I'm just sitting there thinking, like, why is Vera Farmiga in the show? Right? Like, I was very surprised, number one, that she's in it. I also think it's, like, her least interesting role as well. And it's also pretty obvious that she killed that dude. I think it's going to be pretty (laughs) I don't know anything but it feels like they're underplaying her herself as a role like she's obviously a Dylan like it's it's pretty obvious. It's
1: kind of crazy because like Vera Flamiga is like a Pretty much a, a powerhouse actor, mm-hmm. and for her to, I She's mean, tremendous. What, I, really, I don't, I don't know. I don't really get her motivation. Is it like, oh, I, I just want to be involved in the MCU? Yeah. Do I want to work with Disney? Is this just a payday? Is this like light work for me?
0: I can spend a month doing this and, and move on to the next project. It's funny because I feel like she, maybe they sold it to her in a way like the same way they kind of sold Catherine Hahn as Agatha, right? right? Like knowing that this is going to be a bigger role and seeing the success of someone like that, right? Maybe she saw it as something like that. But I, yeah, I definitely was like why is she in such a small role? It feels like uh, something that's going to not really be that important. I'm not sure why she took it.
1: And we're only three episodes in, so we may feel completely different by the end of the show. Sure. Um. But yeah, that, again, don't get me wrong, it's great to see Marvel and DC, uh, and, and, and Disney really kind of like go for the best actors available yeah. for all of these projects, whether it's a movie or a TV show. Um, but that is a bit of a head-scratcher for the time being. Anyway.
0: Absolutely. And uh, not only that, but like, I, there's a lot of questions that are in this show, right? Yeah. Like, why do these auctioneers have the ronin gear and the sword where did that come from who are these auctioneers whose dog is this that still hasn't been answered (laughs) it's just random dog that just showed up yeah the best thing if you ask me like uh, we're not gonna do any categories for this one but the best thing for me was just seeing clint in that LARPing situation, the live action role play where he's having that interaction with Grills and he lets him kill him. That was the coolest part. It helped humanize Clint as like a, as a, as a character and it basically accomplished what that meta conversation was talking about earlier. Yeah. I think that was the biggest win. Walking away from this role, I think Clint's going to be better off. I think it's just going to end up being like a more important character, but it feels almost like too little too late, almost. Also, you have to you
1: know take that 10,000 foot view because we are still in the first couple of years of disney plus we are now approaching i guess the one year anniversary of these disney plus mcu shows Mm -hmm. right and looking back you know they didn't really i guess this is this is all market research for them they're trying to figure out what works what doesn't work what do the audiences like what what don't they like and and i think so far i feel pretty confident in saying this is like we really enjoyed loki Wonder vision was also fantastic Falcon the Winter Soldier is I think more in line with what Hawkeye is. Here we are transitioning from Clint as Hawkeye to Kate Bishop as Hawkeye but it doesn't seem to me at this time being feel like it's having the massive impact on the rest of the MCU on phase four, phase five moving forward that WandaVision and that finale had and also the finale of Loki had. I just don't feel like the um the gravitas of the moment is yeah, there for me. Yeah. There
0: is very little sense of urgency for this show. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't walk away with a lot of positive things to say, if I'm being honest. Like, again, it's just fine. Yeah. It's fine. And the
1: thing is, when it's just fine, like, you'll you'll watch it and you'll move on. It's a bit of content to watch. It, you know, yeah. you're getting your money's worth in terms of your monthly subscription. You giggle at
0: the tracksuit mafia. You're exactly. like, oh, Maya, I really like her backstory. And I really like the idea that they're including sign language and all yeah. that kind of stuff. All oh, this kind of stuff is cool. But then I sit there, and I'm like, okay, that was fine.
1: Yeah. But when you have shows like One Division and Loki, when they re- they they really raise the stakes. Yeah. You know, that's when we get as fans get excited. Like, oh my God, we're literally getting movie level plot twists and turns on this weekly episodic TV show. Yeah. And, like, oh, my God, they're introducing Kang the Conqueror in, like, low-key in the finale. Like, oh, that's when you're, like, having that mind-blown emoji
0: yes, on a yes, weekly yes. basis.
1: And this isn't giving it to us at the moment.
0: Absolutely not. I, I think they did, like, do a few things that are really great. Like, that shot where they're escaping the warehouse. Yes. And they're in that car, and you just see the camera work and everything that kind of went into that that was incredible I yeah. think that's the best scene so far in the entire show
1: they actually did a similar scene to that on Loki when, when they are on that planet and it's about to do a blow, sure. blow away and get destroyed and they kind of like it's like almost like a static camera shot but it's kind of like moving in through the car out the car through yeah. the side angle it's like fantastically done honestly
0: absolutely and if nothing else Marvel is just tremendous at cliffhanger so yeah. by the end of it I am thinking okay cool I'll watch the next episode I'm still yes. interested enough I'm still interested enough to see who this mystery person is that they keep teasing that's the, uh, that the top of this organization, a.k.a. the kingpin of this organization, feels like they're introducing somebody. But uh, we'll see who that ends up being. The one last thing I will say, the least believable part of this entire show, is the fact that she's never on her phone. Yes. 22-year-old is never <laughs> on her phone, like rarely ever. What's going on with that? Yeah. But yeah, that's everything for Hawkeye. I say now we get to catch up on a lot of news that has happened the past couple of weeks. <laughs> Spider Man! Okay, Spider Man! Don't flip! Yeah! First off, gentlemen, let's just talk about Sony, Disney, so much Spider Man news, so much MCU news. Mm-hmm. First thing is, Sony and Disney will continue to make Tom Holland led Spider Man movies following No Way Home, according to the producer Amy Pascal. She said, Now we're going to go on to the next three. This is not the last of our MCU movies. What are your thoughts?
1: Amazing, brilliant. And let me just say, would I love for Spider-Man to be 100% in the ownership of, of Disney and Marvel Studios? Yes, absolutely. But given the circumstance, given that Sony are involved, this is honestly the best case scenario that anyone could have hoped for. I never wanted Tom Holland's run as Spider-Man in this next movie to come to an end because it would have been the same thing as, alright, we've had three movies with Tobey Maguire, we've had two movies with Andrew Garfield, now we've had three movies with Tom Holland, and now we're going to get a brand new Spider-Man all over again. I want some continuation. I I want Tom Holland to be Spider-Man for the next decade, if possible. Uh, I want that continuation. We've already invested time and effort and energy into this character's journey in the MCU so far. So like I said, given what we know, given the the political relationship that is behind the scenes between Sony and Marvel, like I said, the best we could have hoped
0: for. And I'm really pleased that we're at the very least going to get three more movies out of the situation. You know what? I agree with everything you just said. But I got to say, like, why are you announcing this before the movie? Announce it after. Let me suspend some goddamn disbelief, (laughs) right? Like, again, it's also worth mentioning that they keep spoiling shit in their trailers, right? Like, how many villains do we know are in this movie? I get that there's a lot of villains in this movie, but, like, for God's sakes, like everyone already knew that Doc Ock and Green Goblin were already in it why are you still announcing that Jamie Foxx is in it as Electro and now we're going to see his new little outfit and all this kind of stuff I get it it's just at this point you don't need to tell me everything like you, we already know a lot of this stuff it's like under the surface it's like the worst kept secret stuff kind of like when CM Punk debuted for AEW everyone knew that this was what's going to happen yeah like same thing at least they're holding back on like without explicitly telling us that Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield in this movie for god's sakes i'm expecting that in the next two weeks before this movie comes out i will not be shocked if andrew garfield has a press conference where he's like i'm in this fucking movie because that's how much they are spoiling this movie before it even comes out That is very frustrating for me yeah stop confirming shit people
1: and and this is sony 101 they always over deliver the content before the movie even comes out and they're actually very very cheeky i remember watching a morbius trailer just like a month ago and in the trailer, it says from the studio that brought you Spider-Man Homecoming and Spider-Man Far From Home. And it's like, yeah, you guys were involved in the
0: movie, but that was very much a Marvel Studios movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sony are very clever in terms of how they do their marketing. and It's like somebody spotting somebody at the gym and like, I bench pressed 200 pounds. It's like, buddy, you were spotting somebody who bench pressed 200 yeah, pounds. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, so,
1: Sony, I mean, like, like I said, thank God. Thank God. That Marvel is and Kevin Feige are able to even have their hands, or at least one hand, on the Spider-Man property, um, and they're able to, I guess, you know, uh, implement their creative control on how the Tom Holland Spider-Man is used in the MCU. And yeah, Sony are gonna Sony. What can I say? The
0: crazy thing though is it is still a massive success yeah. right like obviously we just had the ticket sales kind of released recently and this is the first time I can remember knowing when the tickets actually came out for a movie period yeah. Like usually you'll just be like oh this movie's coming out we should grab some tickets and they'll just be on sale and we'll grab them this one people were on their computers ready to drop it as it announced and it was crazy the site that I was on completely crashed for an hour Wow before ever having access to it and then when I did continuous computer issues over and over and over I, I knew multiple people that were texting me like did you get tickets did you get tickets it was a very difficult situation and it just shows that this is going to be a massively successful movie maybe yeah. the most successful movie not only coming out of the pandemic but among ever Like that's what it feels like this is the most I think I've ever seen demand for ticket sales since Endgame
1: I wouldn't be surprised if this is an all timer Yeah, I think it could easily crack into the top 10 and like it'll, it'll have to do well above a billion but it's definitely achievable The pandemic may kind of impact it but we'll see what happens it is coming out at a fantastic time of year christmas time everyone's at home everyone wants to go to the movies everyone's off work everyone's off school it's obviously you know also the third of the tom holland movies it's got so much hype anticipation multiverse multiverse that whole thing you know going for it plus we essentially got the key quote from the director who said this is essentially Spider-Man Endgame. Yeah, Like, yeah. what more do you... you don't you need to... We don't even need a trailer. Just give us that on a billboard. This is Spider-Man Endgame. Yeah. And that that will do the job. That will get us hyped. Exactly. I will most likely be out of the country uh, the week of its release. So I didn't... Normally, I'd, I'd be, yeah, on my laptop like you, trying to get tickets for, like, opening night. So I don't know when I'm going to be able to see this. Uh, I'll have to figure that out when I know what my travel plans are. But, my God, it is definitely one of the most anticipated movies of the year and I can't wait for it. I
0: just need to be around my fellow nerds. Yes. Like, this is one that I feel like I need the energy from everybody around, sure, you know sure, what sure. I mean? This was... Uh, I feel a little special. Yes. But, uh, also, Amy Pascal did confirm that there is going to be a live-action Miles Morales Spider-Man film that's maybe happening with Miles teaming up with Tom Holland Spider-Man in the near future. So, that's very exciting news for me. Like, as far as all this stuff that they're spoiling that is my most anticipated thing going forward
1: so we're already getting spider-man into the spider-verse 2 which yeah. i'm super super hyped for absolutely a live-action spider-man movie in the hands of sony i'm just like i'm quietly and hopefully pray praying and just hope that they actually do something good with it and if it hopefully involves kevin feige and marvel studios involvement then i have some like you know uh, good in, good feelings about what that could potentially look like
0: i think it will be uh, i'm excited yeah uh, also keanu Reeves also mentioned that it, he said it would be an honor to join the MCU. He said, there are some really amazing directors and visionaries, they're doing something no one's ever really done in terms of scale, the ambition, the production. It would be cool to be a part of that. First off, obviously I'm sure everybody's gonna be a fan of that, but who do you think he should play? I'm not sure, I mean,
1: you know, he has played comic book characters before. He played John Constantine, which is a DC character. I would love to see him in the, oh God, who should he play? That's a fantastic, that's a a great question. That really is,
0: I'm not sure. My (sighs) thought was if, we're not going to get Giancarlo Esposito as Doom. I think it would be fun to see Keanu Reeves play a big, massive villain. Villain? And like somebody like who's like kind of like a mixed bag, right? Like kind of has interactions with the, the our good guy characters, but also at the end is a massive villain for that franchise. Right. I think he could be really important in that role.
1: Yeah, or maybe he could play a character in the X-Men universe that sure. Marvel are going to be having to introduce at some point in, in the future. Obviously, you way too old to play like a uh, a Wolverine or anything like that maybe he's uh, Professor X who
0: knows a
1: bold Keanu Reeves
0: why not yeah listen like, I- I'm thinking whatever is going to happen with Keanu Reeves going forward I'm down for him to do take some wild swings yeah. let's see what he let, let's just throw some shit at the wall and see what happens because it seems like He's had this really fun career resurgence. Let's just keep this party going.
1: Yeah, he's got a fun like, couple of months coming up, especially with the release of uh, Matrix Resurrections and also John Wick 4.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a lot of Star Wars news as well. First off, Rangers of the New Republic, uh, that's just going to be absorbed into other TV shows. Basically, they never had a script written for that in the first place. But secondly, Kathleen Kennedy did mention that uh, there are plans for some of these Star Wars sequel trilogy characters mm-hmm. like Rey, like Finn, like uh, Poe, certainly like she said that certainly those are not characters we're going to forget conversations are going on with the creative team as well first off who do you want to see like who would you even want to see continue their story i feel From like the new finn f- is the biggest missed opportunity of that entire series second being poe if you I, ask me
1: i just can't see john boyega wanting to work with these guys and do anything star wars related moving forward ever again yeah personally. that's so true he's so salty about how his character. In the, in the new sequels was treated especially in terms of marketing and promotion and also the way his character was kind of written it kind of started off really hopeful yeah. in The Force Awakens but then kind of just petted out in, yeah. the, in the following sequels so I can't really see him working with them honestly if you're going to do anything I would love to see them kind of maybe focusing on the Knights of Ren because We didn't really see them play out that much in these sequels. And I want to see their backstory, how they got formed, the relationship with Luke, what their abilities were, what adventure did they go on. Stuff like that would be pretty cool, I think.
0: Next, we got Martin Scorsese is directing a Grateful Dead biopic for Apple. Jonah Hill is going to star as the front man, Jerry Garcia. Uh, I think that's, number one, great casting, a great pairing. Obviously, we've seen them in Wolf of Wall Street before. But I feel like those two just have great chemistry and the reverence that Jonah Hill has for Martin Scorsese feel like this is going to be a tremendous movie.
1: Yeah, you have me sold in Michael Scorsese and Jonah Hill. Yeah. I don't care what the project is, what it's about, or who it's about. If they want to make some movies together, sign me up all day. I'm down for that. Absolutely.
0: This is the life
1: of Boba Bobo This is the life of Boba
0: Bobo This is the life of Bobo Bobo Bohemian Alright, now let's get into our last segment of the show Let's Get Wrecked, our weekly recommendation segment If you went to Blockbuster and you saw Darren's pick Or you saw Junior's pick Gentlemen, give me Sandra's pick Okay,
1: so keeping on the theme of Will Smith And uh, King Richard I thought, why not go back to another sports biopic Will Smith was involved with, Ali from 2001, directed by Michael Mann. And I have to say, when I watched it in the theatre back then, I thought it was good. I do not think it was like, knock me off my socks great. But I have to say, I feel like that's a movie that's actually aged pretty well. And I watched it recently and I actually thought, wow, I don't remember it being you know as good as it perhaps is, and looking back at where Will Smith was in his life and his career at that stage, man, I have to say he put on a really good performance, and it's such a charismatic performance that I actually got him an Oscar nomination back in 2001. And mm-hmm. here we are, literally 20 years later, and he's probably on the cast, but at the very least, getting an Oscar nomination again for, for Richard Williams. So, you know, yes will smith has had a a rough decade or so and he's probably best known for some of the big blockbuster action movies like independence day men in black but i have to say if you go watch him as a 30 old something playing in his prime ali and what that would have meant at the time of its release in 2001 you have to give a round of applause will smith ali 2001 directed by michael Mann.
0: awesome speaking of oscar nominations for bras pick i thought all right well we got Will, who's definitely going to get that Best Actor nomination. I think another person who's going to get that is going to be from this next movie, Tick, Tick, Boom. It just got released on Netflix a few weeks ago. It's Lin-Manuel Miranda's directorial debut about the real-life story of the legendary playwright Jonathan Larson. Again, played by Andrew Garfield. He's this composer living in New York, trying to live up to his potential before he turns 30. It's like an incredible story about like believing in your art, believing in yourself, making... All those choices at that time in your life, and seeing how those choices not only affect you money-wise, but like your perception of yourself, and you can tell like the love and the care that Lin Manuel Miranda put into this movie. And again, despite all of that, despite that this is a fantastic musical, the star of this ends up being, and showing how shockingly talented he is, is Andrew Garfield. Number one, this guy's an incredible actor. But number two, this guy is for sure gonna get nominated for a best actor nomination at the very least and in basically every single award show he's definitely going to be in there but also the legendary composer Steven Sondheim who just passed away last week is also featured in this movie it's massively like timely the way like this all kind of lined up unfortunately but it's just such an incredible movie I've been listening to the soundtrack ever since I stopped watching it it's just incredible go out of your way to watch it tick tick boom that's everything show where can anybody find us
1: We are at Script on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And for those of you that do listen to us on the Apple Podcasts platform, do us a favor, rate and review us. It really helps us get found on that particular platform. Awesome. Thank you for checking us out this week, guys. Take care.